All right, good evening, everyone. Um, it's great to be here. Um, we shall be having a, a live Q&A session today, um, as I promised last week, um, that we will be taking all the outstanding questions that have been dropped on the group um, over the month um, and some days, I think. Um, I, again, I want to apologize for not um, getting to your questions early. It has been a very pretty busy couple of uh, months for me. Um, but I want to thank you all for your patience and for um, for your motivation to continue to drop questions, even when um, I've not been able to answer them. All right, so I'll quickly get to it. Um, we shall go through um, a significant amount of questions, see if we can get through everything and um, we'll just start answering. So today I'll have some assistance and the questions will be read out to me. Um, so if you hear another voice, just just don't let it throw you off. Um, the questions will be read out to me and um, I will try to answer them as quickly as possible. All right, so I think we can, we can start with the first question. All right, the first question is by David Creation. He says, what can we do as designers, or rather as a community, to increase our value, especially in the Nigerian setting? Because I see designers offering to do designs for people at 800 Naira for a flyer, or logo for 1,000 Naira. It's sad. All right. Okay, so um, David is asking here, what can we do to increase our value as designers? Um, I think, one thing, the thing you can do to increase your value, um, remember the, the value is what you give out. Um, so as a designer, what you give out is your design skill, your ability to design. And um, this, this doesn't just work for just designers, but works for anybody offering something, giving something out. You increase your value or the quality of your value by um, increasing the quality of what you input into your mind um, through your eyes, through your ears. Your, um, when, you, when, you increase, when you increase the quality of what you feed on, it comes, it, it, it comes out in what you put out there as your value. Um, so I, I, I've told people this before, you know, when I started doing design, I was looking at so many designers, not in Nigeria, um, a lot of them in the US that were, that were like way better than I was doing much, much better work, um, work, work that I couldn't do at that time. There was no way I could do it. But you know what they say about aiming for the stars and ending up with the moon? Um, that's what happened to me. So from just feeding on good work, professional work, incredible work, I was able to start doing good work. My mind was challenged. And um, I, I started to recreate good work. That was not on the level of people whose work I was seeing. But when it came to the Nigerian environment, it was much better than the work around me. And that helped me to, be, to stand out as a designer and be more valuable. So you see, you, know, you, you said, especially you're talking about, David was talking about um, designers charging a particular amount. You see, that's a distraction. If you take if you take your value from 
or you get discouraged by what people are paying you, then you will never give good value. Um, you know, and that's where the conveyor belt has to be set in place. What you give out attracts what you earn. What you earn in the long run. I remember I said in the, I'm saying in the long run, a lot of people want to earn before they give out their best work. So they, they are always keeping back their best value for their best clients. But you must know that you send out your best value to call your best client. So you must be continuously do good work, even when you are being paid ridiculously low, because that work is traveling. And the more it travels, um, the more the chances it would, it would meet somebody who would see the value in it and like, okay, I need to pay this much for it. So if you want to do valuable work, you must valuable content. Um, and that's just life, you understand? It's, it's, if you look at chickens, what do chickens produce? Um, without killing them, they produce eggs. And how do you increase the value of a chicken's egg by, by improving the feed? There's nothing you can do to improve the value or, 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 or the quality of an egg. If you, don't, if you don't improve the feed, the feed determines the color of the egg. The feed determines the, the, the shape of the egg, the, the, the size of the egg. So if, the more you feed it, the bigger the egg. The cleaner the food, the whiter the egg. So, so it is what you give it that determines the value it gives out. The same thing with cows. Cows give out milk. Uh, um, the, the, the better the pasture, the better the milk. You understand? So, so, so you must put yourself in a position where you are always receiving um, value. Things that are incredibly valuable so that you can continue to give value. And you realize that after a while, you set yourself apart from these 800 Naira per design um, designers. All right, let's um, go to the next question. All right, the second question is from Hubbard. Hubbard says, you said we should focus on the value rather than the money, as money is just a byproduct. How about when people come to you for your service? And since you know the kind of value you possess, the kind of problem you solve, and your service is 120K, for example, and they are asking to pay like 20K. Since you're focused on value, would you do that kind of job? Is it advisable? I know that, that's, very, that's very connected to the first question. It's like a write on the first question. As I said, value goes out first before pay. Value goes out first before pay. Sometimes it takes a while for pay to catch up with value. And we must, we must be ready for that. A lot of young designers, young professionals in quotes are not ready for that. Number one, they expect pay to come for value. And the ones that are even thinking differently are expecting pay to come quickly after value. But sometimes it takes a while. It takes a while for the word to spread. It takes a while for the impact to be felt. So even though you are doing good work, especially in design, sometimes the client doesn't feel the impact of your good work till one year down the line. And they say, man, this guy's design has really helped me to improve my patronage. But they can only judge after a year. So I remember working for a school once, and I remember they were really haggling price with me, and I really wanted to work with them. So initially, I didn't argue price with them. I just said, okay, let's do it, because I, I realized that they were going to give me a lot of exposure then, and they were a big school. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll work for you. It's not the price I'll normally do it, but I'll do it. 
and it took them about a year for the person to actually call me back and say your work has really really helped us to get more students through our gates and since that time they stopped arguing with, about price a lot do you understand so then it was more of time can we get it in on time but price was not a thing anymore it took one year it took one year for me to confidently charge what i wanted to charge so you see it's not about what they're coming to you with you understand you, as i said you cannot put your your talent and your value on park till the road is totally tired because you have somewhere to go you have to cover that distance um so i would say to a large extent it depends on where you are if you're just starting out to do those eight hundred dollar job do those free jobs self you understand you're just starting out nobody knows nobody knows you can do the job nobody knows your job will impact their business they just think you're like every other graphic designer or designer out there so you can't blame them that's the truth now then you, you need to let them taste and see and after tasting and seeing for a while they can see the difference then you can come and say this is how much i want you understand and then you realize that they won't be able to walk away if they can walk away then they haven't felt the impact yet or maybe there is no impact but you see when there's impact they can't walk away they can't walk away you understand so um value comes before the payment um so yeah always offer value first don't be dissuaded distracted or discouraged by how much they are offering you it, it will it, it will those things will clear up with time just give yourself time as long as you're enjoying what you're doing give yourself time to get to that place where people will begin to see you as a premium brand and you see after a while the way people would even tell you say ah I'm coming to you. Do we have seen your work? Or I'm sure you are not cheap. People started coming to me as a designer with that, and I, and I had not even discussed price with them. They just said, "Ah, from what I've seen, I know we are. I know you are not cheap, so we are bracing ourselves." But that came after a while. You understand? So be patient. The 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 the, the payment for your value will come, but it might take a while. The next question is from Anza Masaya. Amza is asking, how does one awaken his spiritual mind? Okay. And yeah, that's a good question. How do you awaken your spiritual mind? Um, I think for those who listen to me a lot, um, they will know one thing. If you can't listen to my content without me going at some angle about spirituality, because I've come to really believe that spirituality is a key element in life. I was going to say a key element in business, but then you know that's just that's just minimizing the impact of spirituality. It's key element in life. If anybody's talking to you on any level and not including some form of spirituality, then they are holding back on you. That's the truth. I remember when I came um, to to the understanding that spirituality couldn't be taken out of the equation. I remember asking my wife, "Do you think it's okay for me to talk about spirituality in my content?" Because then I just like if you if she said no, eh, I'd have just stopped making content because I, I would I not felt like a phony. I just felt like every time I was talking, I'm not telling people about spirituality. I was I was being a fraud. I was telling them to do things that they couldn't really do. So you're like telling someone to exercise and um, telling them like I'm telling them, oh, you're going to lose weight. You have to exercise, but you won't watch your diet. You understand? Or watch your diet, you won't exercise. You know, all those things, just, just like. They will do the work, but it will, it will get half the results. So um, spirituality is very important. How do you awaken your spiritual mind? 
um it doesn't sound as complex as it is because you are you are a spirit person we are all spirit people we are spirit body and soul a lot of times we listen to our body a lot over our soul our spirit and um you you listen to your spirit by trusting those thoughts that you don't understand a lot of times why it's hard to listen to your spirits because your spirit is always telling you to do one of two things things that don't really make good sense to you and two things that don't have you at the center of them and that's the hardest thing for us to do as human beings to go ahead with something that doesn't make full sense to us human beings don't work that way it has to make sense but the spirit doesn't work that way so sometimes you have some thoughts and it tells you to him go and visit um um Jesley today why should i go and visit Jesley? number one Jesley is so far away why should i go all the way there to go and visit him or her or stuff like that and i don't have any business you understand i have more important work to do that's how the spirit works just drop something in your mind and you have to obey you you know you need to obey because it's going to lead to something but the spirit never tells you what it's going to lead to so you must learn to listen to that quiet voice within you and then when you get to just this a house you're about to leave you had a conversation just doesn't even feel like if you're saying anything that that is important to you the spirit says okay drop one thousand naira with just before you go and you're like i only have one 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 five in my pocket five hundred naira will get me home we'll give that one thousand naira to just now it's now saying that the spirit is asking to do something that doesn't make sense. Number two, now asking to do something that doesn't have your good in mind. That is very anti-the human way of working. We always think of what's in it for us, and it has to make sense. So, um, if you want to awaken your spiritual senses, you must be able to listen to those that voice in your head, in your mind. Some of you call it your conscience. Some of you call it your mind. Whatever it is you call it, it's there. Talk to everybody um and the more you listen to it the more it acquaints itself with you and it tells you more things but you realize that what it gives you in terms of benefits is more than you can ever think or desire but just like building a muscle you do it every day it gets stronger it gets bigger it gets louder you get more confident and that's strange for me to say about the spirit but the spirit gets more confident in telling you stuff the more you obey so you need to start with small things it, it starts with that get up from the bed five o'clock oh yeah like, i don't wake up till seven but get up five by five o'clock you are driving you have a car park and pick this person those small things that you do will lead to the really big things and you begin to exercise your spiritual alertness and you, you realize that you become a more spiritual person all right so next question um the next question is by sangwa jesley how do you run a strategy session? What are the things to look out for in the strategy session? All right. Um, so this is another question from Sangwa. It's talking about strategy sessions. I think we all run strategy sessions, you know. Um, we run it in business, we run it in life. We all run strategy sessions. Strategy sessions is, is just a fancy way of talking to somebody to clear up any issue or to find a way forward concerning something. So if I have a flat tire and I'm driving with somebody and I'm like, ah, man, how do we get a mechanic or a vulcanizer here? That's the strategy session we just started on how to solve this problem of this flat tire we have. 
um, you know, so soil cells are, are very, very, they are simple things, they're just conversations to clarify things and to make progress on certain, uh, when you reach certain roadblocks. So um, how do you identify this session? Um, number one, by not thinking of it as a strategy session. You understand? Not thinking of it that, oh, I don't know how to run the strategy session. By asking real honest questions with your client and just say, okay, where did you start this business from? You, you are just interested. I think the most important element of any strategy session is interest. You must be interested in the subject matter and the people that, are, um, that you are associating or talking to. So um, you must be interested in the client. And your, your interest comes um, would show by the questions you ask, how did you start this business? So when I run strategy, strategy sessions with, with clients or with anybody, I'm always asking questions where they are coming from, where they are, and where they are going. Those three things are very important. Where are you coming from? Why did you start this? And where are you right now? How are things right now for you? And where are you going? Where do you want to go with this thing? Those are the three areas of strategy session. Um, and they're very simple. You can run a strategy session for designing a flyer. You understand why are we designing this flyer what's this event about when did you start this event now how many people do you want to come for this event what is their age that kind of thing that strategy then that, that makes you know what kind of flyer to design um so three things where they are coming from where they are and where they are going those things are core to any strategy session and your interest is the few you must be interested you can't run a strategy session for someone you're not interested in your interest is what brings about empathy for the project and for the client. All right. O. Collins Concept is asking, how do I have a non-designer's contact list? Because frankly speaking, almost all my contacts are graphic design-related people. Okay, Collins, that's a good question. Um, and, and it's true for most designers too. I'm sure there's most designers here too. When you look at their contact list, most of them are designers. Now, when I look at my contact list, most of them are designers too. But for me, that is intentional. It is not by the way. You understand? Not like, oh, I just realized that it's intentional because I'm a teacher and I teach designers a lot. So I, I, I intentionally go out to get designers' contacts. So when someone contacts me on WhatsApp, on Instagram, on Facebook, I always take them back to WhatsApp so we have their contact, they have my contact. That's intentional. Um, but if you are working as a graphic designer, and, and then that's what I'm working as a graphic design teacher or a design teacher, you understand? So I need to gather that audience of designers. But if you are working as a graphic designer, you don't need that many designers in your contact list. It's good to have them, but you must always balance it up. It's like a balanced diet. A lot of people you feed too much on design content and the best designers are the ones that are inspired by everything good designers are inspired by design by design alone by good good designers but great designers are inspired by life everything and what is life the people out there so how do you get more people on your contact list that are non-designers by having conversations conversations i say this all the time that conversations are so key so you're going in a bus, you're sitting beside someone, you're living in Lagos where traffic can take three hours, and all you're doing is just looking at your phone, and there's a human being sitting next to you, three hours. You understand? You can strike up a conversation, you understand? And you'll be surprised how far this conversation will go within an hour, two hours, that means that three hours look so short. And then you say, oh, by the way, my name is Collins, what's your name? My name is this, oh, can I have your contact? And that's it. 
She's a lawyer, you're, an, you're a designer. She's a farmer, you're a designer. She's a model, you're a designer. Those are people that need you. Your designer friends don't need you unless they want to collaborate, which they don't do so, too, too many times. The most people that will call you if you are running a design business are people that are not designers. They are the ones that can be stuck without your skill. So you need to go out talking with them. They are all over you. They are more than the designers. But you're not talking with them because you're not having interaction. And that's the thing. We have more interaction with our phones than we do with real people. So your neighbor, your neighbor is a non-designer. Talk to them. Take some time. Just say, I want to talk to you. They're back from school. I just want to ask you how your school experience is. And then they'll talk to you and start telling you, oh, yeah, I'm still very good. As a matter of fact, I'm selling T-shirts for young men and jeans and stuff like that. And you can, oh, that's cool. Ah, you don't have any branding for this, your stuff. And ah, I, don't know, I don't know any designers. So like, I'm a designer. And that's where it starts from. That's where it starts from, interaction. You don't need to go too far. Those conversations are right there. The people living in your house, a lot of them are non-designers. Your sister is a non-designer. Your, your cousin is a non-designer, you understand? A lot of times our contact with these people is so poor, you understand? So um, you must start building relationships. When you build relationships, you start having more contacts with these people. And, and that you, before you know it, you just realize that you have more contacts of non-designers than you do of designers. So you go out, go, go for get-togethers. Don't just go for design hangouts. You know, go for general hangouts. When they are when GT is having their GT food fair, go there. There's no there's no gate fee. You understand? Just go there. You just go there. Yeah, just go. There are going to be a lot of people that are bakers and caterers and stuff, content guys. You go there and just talk to them to do wonders for your business. The next question is by Muhammad. And is asking if you want to switch sides in graphic design, like moving from a general designer to brand identity design, what are the steps that need to be taken? And also, how will you be able to gain clients for that? Okay, so you want to move from one aspect of design to the other, from graphic design. If you say general graphic design, yeah, that's cool. Um, so you are doing everything and now want to specialize in one area. Um, how do you move? You move slowly. Um, you move slowly. That's the truth. Um, and this is something I've done. You know, when I started, I was doing that general thing too. Flyers, web, um, animation, um, interactive design, some logos. And then after a while, I just decided I wanted to have one voice, one appeal to me more. It was slow, to be honest with you. Um, it had to do with some turning down and some taking up. So I was turning down some of these other jobs and then I was taking on some of them too after a while when I um, when I, I felt I needed the money, you understand? But after a while, I, I established in people's minds that I do just logos, that I'm a logo person. And um, they could respect that after a while. It takes time. Um, then your client list will begin to change too. People will keep calling you and telling you, oh, I need a designer, I need a designer to design my flyer. Then you say, oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't do flyer design anymore. Um, I do logo design now. But then you want to help them too. I say, I can refer you to somebody. You understand? So that you don't totally block them off as contacts. So that's what I do. Even now when I don't do core design anymore, more of speaking, mentoring, training, a lot of people still come in for design. So many people. So I know it's going to be slow. I know it will thin with, with time. In the next two years, it keep going down. 
And after a while, I will only have people call me for speaking engagements, call, calling and um, clarity sessions. That would happen with time, but I can't expect that to just close up with time too. I need to successfully place these people that call me in the hands of people that I know that can do it. And that I just say, oh, I know designers, or do you want me to do this? I can connect you with this person. And most times they call me back and say, I was so happy with this person, I'll start working with them now. You understand? But then just drop it in their mind that I do this too now. And you realize that those people that you've told will tell other people what you do. So it is slow, it's gradual, but um, you must start touching little. And then you, you begin to, to detach your content too. Like when I was doing general graphic design and I was doing a lot of posters and flyers, I used to buy a magazine called um, Computer Arts. It was very expensive. I used to buy it every single month. It was a worthy investment for me. But when I stopped doing that, I stopped putting my money there. I started buying logo books, started buying fonts. You understand? Um, so you start diverting your investments too to strengthen your hand in whatever area it is that you want to specialize in. All right, so I hope that helps you. Any other question? Yes, this one is from Martin. What other skill yes. sets as a graphic designer can make you stand out? For example, having knowledge in copywriting as a blogger enables one to write catchy content. So what other skill sets should graphic designers learn to improve upon their craft? All right, that's a good question. Um, what other skill sets, apart, apart from the ability to design? Um, one thing I am very particular about is your communication skills. Communication. You must be able to talk about what you think, what you can do. You must be able to talk about your thoughts and your abilities. Those who are able to talk the best Get the best clients. I've, I've seen it with designers a lot. I see designers, their skills are average. Their technical skill, average. But they're working with big companies because they know how to talk about what they're doing. And, they, and this, you see, the, the other you have communication skills slash social skills. And when you have communication skills, your ability to be able to talk. So people can talk about what they're doing, but their social skills are bad. So they don't go out and meet people and talk about it. But when they talk, they can talk. You understand? So you think of your technical skills, you all know that one. Ability to use Photoshop, Illustrator, AI, whatever it is. But your communication skills, your oratory skills, how can you string words together to convince somebody that you can do the job or that you have quality thoughts? And your social skills, how do you go out and meet people like we talked about in the last question and strike up a conversation and go out and know that, okay, I need to meet human beings you understand that's your social skill then your intellectual skills also um where um this is where you are not just consuming design content but just content generally about your general knowledge self-help books spiritual books business books money books all those things so um those are the skills you need to build your your communication skills to talk your social skills to meet people your intellectual skills to think, your technical skills to work. So those are, those, are things, those, are, those are additional skills you'll need as a designer. Samuel says, 
Over the year, you have been practicing as a logo designer and now a brand consultant. And is asking, how do you respond to the first call you get from clients? What's the conversation like? When I say first call, I mean the very first time the client calls you. All right. So what's the very first thing you say to a client, the very first time they call you, is to be clear about what they want. Clear about what they want. So, and that's about how I start out. You know, a lot of people get too deep. I try not to get too deep in my first calls because, number one, they, they, they've not engaged me. And I always tell people, once you start thinking, you need, when you start thinking, you are you're already, um, you deserve to earn. You know, once you start thinking. So, um, so the first thing is, what do you want? Person tells me, I want to design a website. No, I'm not the person for you. You know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go too far in that conversation. I don't do websites. You know, so I can tell you someone that does it. Oh, I want to do an animation. I don't do that. But I say, oh, I have a logo that I don't really like. I want to, okay, so you want to design your logo. But I don't, I'm never asking you what your business name is, all those things. I just say, I'll send you my red card. This is how much I do it for. You understand? So those things kind of clear up two things. What they're contacting me for, can I do it? Yes, logo design is my bread and butter. I can do it. Now, second thing. What they are contacting me for, can they afford me? So they need to see my red card. If they call me back, then obviously they are considering it, meaning they can afford me. You understand? Or they think they can afford me. You understand? So once those things are cleared up, we can have a more constructive conversation. But the first thing is, what do you want done? Just, just a synopsis, a logo. It's just a logo you want, or you want other brand materials. Yeah, other brand materials. What are they? This, 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 that. Those things might change along the course of the way, but I want to know in what ballpark it is so that I know that is it within my area of specialty? Can I deliver? Yes. You understand? And if it's no, no. You understand? You can check it from there. And then I still have my rate card. Now, when I didn't get my rate card, then even the rate card can change afterwards because they might now come and say, we need a logo, but we also need this. But then they're working with the base. If you are, if you are ready to work with the base of the rate card, then we can always scale it up based on extra things you might need. But you must, you must be a very simple conversation first. Very quick, very simple. Don't invest too much time because you're wasting your time and wasting their time. You guys are not going anywhere. You're not there to gist. It's business. You understand? So um, it's a very simple thing. What do you want? And then just tell them, I'll send you my red card. That, that must always happen. You understand? Um, just tell them, send your red card. Have a look at it. If you're interested, Call me back and stuff. I went those that are interested, we call back and then we go from there. Vivian Esquire has this question. What tools do you use for your recordings? All right. Um, the tools I use my recordings, I keep them very simple. I use my phone um, for my recording, especially for my podcast. So um, I record with my inbuilt, um, I use a Samsung phone. So I use my Samsung voice recorder. Um, I have a mic, which is a pretty good mic. Um, not what I'm using right now, but I use it for my recording. Um, it's a very good mic. Uh, so I had to invest in that. And I I use that for the recording. So simple, you understand? Um, so that's what I use basically for my recording, my, my Samsung voice recorder and my mic. And then sometimes when I need to edit, I use something called, um, although 
with my style, I don't really edit my stuff because it's I, I operate well in um, real time, real life. I, I don't do a lot of editing to my, but when I feel I need to edit, um, I use InShot if I say I want to do like a video stuff to it, but then it's it's that simple. It's a basic tool. If, if anything would hold me down in recording, is my mic and my and my phone. There's another question from Muhammad and it's asking this time, how do you know the right time to start marketing your skill as a designer? And also, how will you gain non-designers contact or your target audience contact? Okay, so I'll start from the last question because I've already answered that. Non-designer contact, you have to communicate, socialize, very important. Your target audience, you don't know who your target audience are. That target audience thing is a very funny thing. We all say target audience, but we don't know. We actually don't know. So even the client that comes to you and says, my target audience is this, without putting out a product, you don't know who your target audience are. Like, I'll use this pro masterclass Telegram group as an example. I get shocked, because sometimes when I do my content, I, I expect it I to be a certain demographic. You understand? So I thought, oh, people my age, mate, my age, you understand, not too far off my age, maybe in their 30s, mid-30s, early 30s. But then when I sample the age, I'm seeing 18, 24. I never knew that they will connect with what I'm saying. That's the truth. Even though people say, oh, but you're talking to designers and you're advising them, you should have known. But I never knew. Sometimes you are so blindsided by what we desire. So I, when I started out, I was desirous of people that were earning good money. You understand? To be my listener base but when i started putting out my content it was people that had not even started and were struggling to earn and i was just like i need to own it you understand i need to own it these are the people i resonate with obviously they became my target audience so now i became more intentional with how i form my content for them so the truth is you never know who your target audience is till you start putting your product out there and then it starts attracting so you never know the insects that get attracted to a particular kind of sugar or whatever it is you put. So you put it out there, then one particular kind of ant will start coming. You understand? So, um, and this, this brings us to your question about marketing. When do you start marketing? Now, this, this thing about marketing, um, you know, it always confuses us because we are marketing. And because marketing must always have an, a result. That's why you ask this question, when should I start marketing? Because you don't market without getting results. If you hire marketers and nobody comes to buy, you fire them, right? And that's why marketing is such a delicate thing. And I want to advise you to think of it as marketing. My question, what you want to start doing is start to share, sharing. Prioritize sharing over marketing. Market sharing is, and that's why I talk about, you know, your spirit, your body, your soul. Um, your soul, <laughs> you see, your body wants to market because it wants to be torn. The body is a very, very, very selfish part of these three compartments that forms you. The body is the most selfish. <laughs> it's the most selfish. It wants to take care of itself. It doesn't care about other people. It cares about itself. You understand? So um, when you, when, when, when you, it's your body that wants to market because you want the return. It's very impatient. Your soul wants to share. You understand? And your spirit wants you to do what your soul wants you to do. Your soul in agreement, your, soul, your spirit and your soul, because you know that they, they are very 
so they're very intangible so they belong well they have a vast knowledge so you should share more it's it's hard because share sharing is you just putting out there and just say i don't know whom i need this but if you need this enjoy this you see then they now travel to people that you never expected and helps them and then it comes back to you after a while marketing is you just looking looking with your eyes and saying who, who can i like hunt on time and pray you understand they're like a predator ah, should i should i should i ah this one i like his shoe you can afford it this one i like his car can afford it i like her her dressing you know and those things can deceive you and get you into trouble a lot what you want to do is share so when i was working as a designer i used to share very little marketing more sharing so i was always sharing my stuff always sharing my stuff Always sharing my artwork, my stuff. Just look at it. If you're a designer, it inspires you good. I remember the time I was doing artwork, like typography. And one guy called me and said, can I use this thing on a t-shirt? Print this thing on a t-shirt. I said, yeah, go ahead. And he was like, he called me back some weeks later. I said, I did this on a t-shirt. I made some money. And I was like, hey, that's cool. And I okay, said, but why did you allow me to use it? I said, because I was just sharing it. I did it because I enjoyed it and I wanted it to go out. But you saw it and you felt you wanted to do t-shirts and you sold it. That's good for you. But you see, it felt like if I missed out, if you think about that, you were like, Mr. Tola missed out. The thing about that kind of thing is that even if I sold those t-shirts, that money come and go today. And the truth is I wasn't interested in selling t-shirts. But another interesting thing happened. I went to someone's office and they wanted to hire me for a logo design. And then when I came in, the guy, I was showing them my portfolio. And, and then I used to go around my laptop, which is a bad thing to do if you are going to show your work. But I used to do it in early days. I read my laptop and I looked at my laptop and then I came across one work I did. And the guy in charge was like, you did this job? This, um, don't stop believing. I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's not what I'm looking at. I showed them my logo. And I said, no, 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 no. I have this thing on my phone now. And he brought out his phone and showed me my work. That he downloaded and he didn't even look at the name of the artist. Just I saw it on Facebook and I liked it and I kept it on my phone and I like it. And you know what? That was the end of any presentation I was doing. I was the guy to do the job. And I worked with those people for about why I worked there for about three to two years. They were the first people I worked with that I made a million naira as a designer. Those were the first people. And it came because the guy in charge connected with an artwork I sh I just shared on Facebook. I'm telling you, I just shared the artwork on Facebook. He kept it on his phone. It was not the guy that owned the company, but the guy that was in charge of hiring the designer that would do the rebranding. And I said, I have this thing on my phone. I don't, you don't show me anything again. I want to work with you. That was it. Do you understand? So share, share, you know, share your work. And you know, sharing doesn't have a start day and an end day on like marketing. When you're marketing, it has to be perfect before you market. When you're sharing, you can share while you're a novice because you're sharing a journey. And some people just see you're sharing. You just started making cakes. It doesn't look as nice. They are sharing what the first cake you've done. And some people say, oh, this is so cute. That is so adorable. It reminds me of when I just started my business. You know what? Hire that girl to make our first cake. Well, our cake won't look nice. No, let's just encourage her. You understand what I'm saying? That's where sharing comes from. But marketing, you must prove that you are that person. So what they see must be number one, picture perfect and then you must deliver it if not better it must be that level so marketing gets us in trouble a lot sharing endears us 
so you can share anytime. Once you start your journey, start sharing. And you realize that people just start gravitating towards you. I told someone this um, that was in my logo design class. And he has been sharing. You understand? He has been sharing his work. He's doing like a 30-day logo design stuff now. And it's helping him. And I see it every time. I'm proud of him doing it. I just told him, don't mark it. Just be sharing your journey. Just be sharing it. So I would advise you to start with sharing. And you see, sharing will be the biggest form of marketing that you can do for yourself. All right, any other questions? Um, this is from Temitokbe Ogunsomi. How exactly can I build a profitable career in design? I'm currently in the university studying industrial chemistry, but I found I don't have a passion or even willingness to learn or continue. I am doing it because I don't want the money and resources my family and I have put into it to go to waste. And I've been surrounded, I've surrounded myself with friends who are passionate about school and doing well in life. I want to do design because I love it. But so far, over a year and a half now, I've not been able to make it profitable financially. I've committed myself to learning and I try to learn something new every day, but it's not working. Okay, so Tim, thanks for this question, a very honest question. Very relatable. A lot of people feel this way. And, um, you know, there's no easy answer to this question. That's the truth. There's the politically correct answer. Take that certificate, use that on whole body. That's the politically correct answer. That's what anybody would want me to say. But you see, I didn't set up this group to give you political. I didn't set up this group to give you answers that I wanted someone to give me when I was your age. Hmm. You are in university studying industrial design. You are not enjoying it. It's not making sense to you. But yet you are in it right now because you don't want to waste the money that has been invested. So it is money sunk that you are trying to save. You are trying to save something that has, that has sunk already. You understand? Um, but remember, there is more money ahead than there is money that you spent. The future is always bigger than the past. The future is always bigger than the past. And um, if you if you read my if you if you listen to my podcast, I've done various content on this kind of thing. The one one more recently where I talked about um, where I talked about dropping out of school. Um, there was another one where I talked about I've forgotten what I titled it, but I'll put it on the group after this. Where I talked about the character in the Bible called King Amaziah, who was about to go to war. And he has spent 700,000 shekels of silver. That was hundreds of millions in those days to buy an army. And as he was about to go to war with this is brand new, shiny, 700,000 silver worth army, a man of God told him, don't go to war with those people or else you will lose the war. And he said, okay, but what happened to my money that I've spent, 700,000? And the man of God says, God says, I can give you more. What God was saying was that the future is bigger than what you spent already, what you've sunk in it already. But if you go with these people, you would lose. You would lose your kingdom, you would lose your life, and you would lose the army. You see, that's what the Bible says. That's what God says. God is not, a, is not interested in what you've sunk. He's interested in what 
is possible in the future. So you know it. Industrial, industrial, whatever it is they're doing, is not working for you. You must have a conversation with your parents from who, with whom you are trying to um, save. You understand? They're trying to save their money. You don't want to waste their money. But you know what? You know what will happen? If you do this course, finish it, um, there's another thing that, that, that will be sunk in, their expectation. So a lot of times we think of, oh, they've sunk their, their money in it. But that's not even the biggest thing that concerns them. After they sink their money, eh, they will now sink their expectation for you to work as an industrial designer. So you will always be subject to what you owe them if you are thinking that way. Because you are thinking, oh, when I'm done with school, that's all. The money, they will continue. No, 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 no. They are spending that money because of an expectation. The expectation is bigger. So then they expect you to be a profitable industrial, whatever it is. So then they, they, trust me, they're talking to their friends right now. When you finish school, they start talking to their friends. My, my son is an industrial this. Mm? He needs to he needs a place to work. Then you will not believe not, then you they will start saying, ah man, they've spent their time connecting their connection. Can I now stop it now? That's when you find yourself 20 years later not doing what you want to do. Do you understand? To please your parents' sunken investment. You need to stop it now because it's still early. It doesn't feel early, but it's still early. And tell them. This thing I'm doing, I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like what I'm doing. I'm not enjoying it. I might not even be doing what I don't know how you're doing. I'm not doing well. I'm distracted. I'm sad. I want to do this thing. How can we make it work? How can I cross over? How can I cross? How can I do this thing right now? You understand? You need to talk with them. A lot of times we think we will get a negative reply. You might, you might have to fight for it, but you'll be surprised that they are, your parents are human beings too. So have that conversation first. Let me know even, I won't preempt or can come out of it, but you have that conversation. And then you will realize that what you would do, at least by having that conversation, is they might tell you finish school. Do you understand? Because you're still independent, so you might still need to finish school. They might tell you finish. But you see what they will do, eh? they will stop sinking their expectations. So they know this guy who doesn't like this thing. Okay, we don't goof. We have goofed. You understand? We are spending money, but this guy wasn't. So just okay, our expectation will not be for him to be an industrial this anymore. You understand? Then you save yourself something expectation too in the future. That pressure of that. So, but you must have that conversation with them. I do not like this. I'll tell you a story. When I was in Canada. Mm, my parents were so proud that I was in Canada. They loved the fact they were telling everybody, oh, my son is in Canada. My son is in Canada. He's studying in Canada. Ah, we have his son in Canada. You know, they, they're proud. Because we were like, ah, it was a thing of pride. But I was with children in Nigeria. That son was abroad. So, I, you know, Canada was great. It was a great place. But after I left school in Canada, I got in the knowledge. My mom was come back home and start this business. You understand? But then I realized that their expectation was for me to stay and get the green card. And you know, be a citizen and call for my sisters and stuff. And but then I said, when I left school, it was all downhill. And that's when, when you are done with something, eh, it can only go downhill if you don't go to the next level. So I was like, I'm done. Canada was just everything was just downhill. My emotions just went downhill. My energy went downhill. When I was in school, it was fine because that was what I went there for. But when I started to walk, it was a struggle. But I got work, but it was a struggle. And I remember this day when I called my dad 
it was hard though because I realized because they're always excited to call me. I call my dad because I was my down, my the bottom of it. So I call my dad. I mean, I've not cried in, in a long time. Remember, I was a grown man then, 20, 20 something. I was grown. And I cried like a six year old that day. I remember I, was, I went into a car and I cried. I said, Daddy, I don't want to stay here. I am sad here. I'm sad. I'm not happy. I know everyone. You know, my dad was like, Are they treating you bad? Are they being racist? I said, No, they're being absolutely nice. That's how I know that I don't want to be here. If they're being racist, I would say, Oh, these people. I said, No, it's just the environment, it's the spirit. I'm not happy. And I remember sitting and I was looking through the windshield at a scene. And it was a beautiful scene. Canada is a beautiful place. Oh, I don't like to be beautiful. It was like a painting. And I remember it was a four. It was a fall day, the weather was nice and cool, and the place was beautiful, and people were nice, but I was sad. And I called my dad and I told him. And I was saying, Is there anything you can do? We didn't think it would change. I said, Dad, I don't think it would change. I don't think so. I'm not even willing to even stay longer for it to see if it can change. I'm not happy here. And you know, from that day, they started to prepare their mind for me to come back. I had to have that conversation. I had to bust their bubble before I was. I would bust my own life. And I came to Nigeria. I came back to Nigeria. No light, no water, insecurity, internet bad, government terrible, this. But I wake up every day and I'm happy. I'm happy. It's ridiculous. You can never explain it. You know that spiritual thing, you can't explain it. I'm so happy. I'm so fulfilled. Sometimes I look at my bank account. It's not saying what I want to be saying, but then I wake up the next day, I'm so happy to be taller, Labi. I feel like I'm doing what I ought to be doing with my life. You need to do that with your own life too. Have that conversation, take control, guard your happiness, guard your joy at the end of the day. But you need to, you need to have that conversation. All right, any other question? Yes, we have another one from Sangwa Jeffrey. And he's saying, as it is now, I have been in the graphic design industry for close to three years now. And I have noticed here in Cameroon, people don't value graphic design. I mean, the graphic design industry is like a total mess here. I plan on building an agency that handles brand identity design, product design, web development and design, and business consultancy, and also get into the printing industry. What's your advice on what I should and must do, and guidelines I must follow to be able to achieve all of this? All right, so um, thanks, Angwa, from Cameroon. Um, first of all, I want to correct this notion that there are a set of people in a place that don't value graphic design. I can't say about every other industry, but the average human, not the average human being, the human being is created to value design. We are in such a secure industry. If it's about need, oh, the different thing. The difference is about need. Eh? Need that they need this. No, no, no. Everybody needs it. Everybody values it. They just haven't seen it in context. But everybody is a seed to value design. Just like everybody values music, there is no human being in this world that doesn't value music. Every human being. It's just the type of music. So people, they don't like... <laughs> see, I didn't know I valued music till 
I, I realized hip hop music in the 90s. Then I'm like, whoa, I love music. But before then, I didn't know I wasn't a music fan till I found the type of music that aligned with my person. So that's something you don't know you value. There was a time I didn't value football. I remember my uncle was watching football, like, oh, this uncle has come. For the next two hours, I'll be watching this. Now I'm doing the same to my kids. Till I started watching the type of football I wanted to watch. When I met, I met an uncle's house in the, U, in the UK and was a Manchester United fan. And I saw Manchester United calendar, Manchester United documentaries, Manchester United, and I was, I, I was like, is this football that these people are branding like a film? And I was looking at all the players and we were talking about their history and how they're playing, where they're working, what they're driving after. I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to watch football. So when I started watching the football, I'm like, oh, I know this guy, Sebastian Veron. Oh, this guy I read about, he's from Argentina. He drives this kind of car. He's married to this because he became personal. I was not interested in football. So football was not boring. It was just that I had not connected. It wasn't put in the right context. Then Aimba, then Plateau United were not doing it the right way. But when, when English Premier League started doing it in a way whereby football became like a series, like Game of Thrones, you realize that there was interest in football. So the, the problem is that design has not been put in context in Cameroon. But every single human being is attracted to design. That's, that's secure. You understand? It's secure. It's such a secure industry. People need design. Graphic design is all, it will always be needed. Now, the question is, can, will, they, will the world come to a place where people can do it themselves? Maybe. But that, that they won't value it, no. So, the problem is they've been seeing bad ambassadors of design in Cameroon. So, they're like, why should I put my money when this thing no, it would make sense? And the truth is, there might be an exposure problem in the place where you are. But exposure is being broken every single day with the advent of social media and the internet. People are seeing how people are doing things abroad. Now, in the villages, they are seeing it. So you need to be the light. They haven't gotten pure enough light. They are getting candle light. You now have to be that blazing light. That people, you see how people will rush to you in that very Cameroon. There's no place in this world that you will go to that is no value design. The only problem might be their earning power might not be able to afford your type of design. But even if I go to my village right now, the person selling stuff in my village, eh, if she doesn't know, the daughter knows that a good flyer is a good flyer. You understand what I'm saying? They know. They know. They want it. They want it. They buy newspapers there now. They watch TV there now. You understand? There's DSTV in Cameroon. Why do they watch DSTV there? You understand what I'm saying? When ShopRite opened in Cameroon, there was a there was a, a picture of the line that was in front of I don't know that was ShopRite, one, one big shopping complex. The line that was there. Because they've been waiting for it to be put in the right context. Not that there were no shops before, but those shops were not doing it right. When the ones that were doing it right came, people lined up. You understand? So you now need to be that shop that does it right. So go. Get your inspiration from the right people, from the people that are doing it right, not the Cameroon people around you, the people that are doing it right. The world is so open right now. Learn from people in the US, people in Australia, people in South Africa, from people in Nigeria. Learn from them, standard, and offer that standard. And I dare you to put it out there and see that those people that you say don't appreciate it will not line up. They will line up, they want it. 
the thing that you have to be patient with them. You might need to do it for cheaper than it actually is first. But as I said, value comes first in the conveyor belt before earning. Then you now realize that they go out and talk about you. And then you realize that there will be some other younger people that are watching you. I say, ah, man, this Sangwa guy is good, though. Let me learn from him. Some people learn from you directly. Some people learn from you indirectly. Before you know it, the standard of design in that area of Cameroon will just rise. Do you understand? Then design will become a thing. Because they know that if I go to Sangwa, Sangwa charge, I don't know how much, I don't know the currency in Cameroon, I'm sorry. But you charge something, maybe, let me do dollars. Sangwa charges $100. Then I go to the next guy. Philip, Philip charges $95. Uh -uh. Nobody's willing to do design for cheap anymore. That's how the standard is, is raised. Then the business person says, ah, man, we need to budget that $95 for our branding this year. That's, that's how the industry changes now. Photography industry, how do you change in Nigeria? Kelish Chiamadi, if you don't give him credit for anything, give him, he revolutionized that industry. Kelish Chiamadi, can see it anywhere. He revolutionized industry. Photography was point and shoot. Till he made it glamorous. Kelechi Amadi made photography glamorous in Nigeria, a country of 200 and something million people, even more. One guy started shining light. And then Zana started saying, what he did, entertainment industry. They started doing music covers, album covers. When they started seeing people's photos and stuff, like, ah, man. This, this, guy, this guy's album cover is crazy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Before you know it, photographers started looking at him, started buying umbrellas, backdrop, lenses, tripods. Before you know it, the industry has changed. Now you want to snap photos, you, you have to budget well. Do you understand what I'm saying? One guy was able to shine the light from what he saw abroad. But I'm sure he worked at a loss initially. I'm very, I don't, I don't talk to him, I just know. As he must have worked at, at a loss. Because he was at photography, not just to stand and uh -uh, one guy down the road. But he wasn't discouraged by that. He realized that there was a gap. And he realized that every single person desired to look good. You understand? So that's my advice to you, Sangwa. Go for it. That's the right place to do business. But don't expect that you become a millionaire overnight. But you become a legend at the end of the day. I, I will always choose that, than becoming a millionaire overnight. You understand? You become a legend at the end of the day. They will remember you in that place for setting a standard. And that brings more fulfillment at the end of the day. And the money will come with that eventually. All right, any other questions? Yes, there's this one from AK Info. Do you think there's anything like dual passion with equal intensity? That is, having passion for two different things that do not connect. Career-wise, do you think it's possible to have strong passion, for example, being a welder and a graphic designer? I mean, equal passion. If yes, how do you balance the equation? All right, that's a good question, Ikeja. Do I think there's, equal, there's dual passions to start with, with equal intensity. Secondly, um, yes, I think that it's possible. It has never happened to me before. I'm not one of those people. You know, so tunnel vision when I have something. 
um, when I'm doing something, right? So things always come to me one after the other. Um, but there are people to our passion, not even to ourselves. What do you have? Triple passion, quadruple. You understand? At the same time, screaming at you, it's possible. It would be ignorant for me to say it's not. I'm too dismissive to say it's not possible. Um, the same intensity, it will also be dismissive for me to say there isn't because I don't feel that way. That's me judging from my own. No, but I think it is possible. It might be. One thing I do know is that you can't do everything at the same time. And that's where people get it wrong. Where they feel once it's dual, it needs to be balanced. No. That word balance, it throws us off balance more than any other thing. Because it's dual doesn't mean you need to balance anything. Once you have more than one thing, the most important thing is not balance. The most important thing is order. Not balance. Balance means you're doing it at the same time. So when you're juggling, balance is juggling. Order is, I do it now, I come back to this. I finish this, I come. So order is more important than balance. Even in life, people are looking for balance in their life. What you need is order. So when you look for balance in your life, you want to spend one hour with your wife, one hour with your kids, one hour watching football, one hour doing your work, one hour, no, 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 no. You can spend seven hours doing your work and five minutes with your wife. But see, it's that order. When you're spending five minutes, you are present that five minutes. When you're spending seven hours, you are present, not distracted. Order is more important. So you see, when you have those interests, you need to think of them. Which one of them can I actualize right now? The thing, the reality is that you can't actualize everything right now. Or everything to the same level right now. So even if I um see at a point I want I know I loved graphic design, but I also wanted to do like dog breathing, which I don't want to do anymore. But then I thought I wanted to do dog breathing. But then I, I knew that it's dog breathing, capital intensive, time intensive. So I just put it on a shelf. Once I do my graphic design, I make some money, I will go into dog breathing. You understand? But that shelving is what people do. They want to do everything now. So the other day I was driving um, my, with my family, and there's a barber salon called Johnny Barber's. Now, Johnny Barber himself is, a, is an actual human being. He's not, he's not just a brand name, he's a person, a human being. He, he started as a DJ in Abuja. He was a DJ. But obviously, he had, he had his eyes on opening a barber salon. So, after I don't I don't know his story, and I would really love to sit down and talk to him. And maybe I will do it one of these days. You know, he 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 started the Brabin Salon. And he still DJs. You understand? But for only for premium clients. But now he has a chain of Babin Salons all around Abuja doing incredibly well. He's easily number one Babin Salon in Abuja. Number one. Branches everywhere. But the thing is that on I think over the weekend. We saw that they had started a wine shop. He was selling wine, so we saw Johnny's wine store. And my wife was like, uh-uh. Does Johnny Baba have a wine store? And I said, yeah, he does. Maybe this was something he had in mind all this time. I was saying, okay, when I make this money, because to start a wine shop that is quality, takes money too. But now we can easily do it. Because number one, his DJ work is going on autopilot. His barber salon, autopilot. So he's just going and just picking part-time. 
God knows what else he has in mind. Maybe, maybe he wants to sell cars, but he's getting to it in a particular order. He's not trying to balance. He's setting one up and moving to the next. And that's what we must learn to do. Set up and move. Set up and move. So if you have all those dual, triple, quadruple, but it's okay. Equal intensity, it's okay. But is it equal money in your pocket? No. So start with one, shell the others. Establish that one, go to the next. Establish that one, go to the next. That will be my advice to you. That's what will help you if you want to express yourself with dual intensity, dual passions. Okay. Um, this question is from Bukumi. Bukumi says, I am a 17-year-old boy. I love tech, and I am also blessed with artistic talent. I am a baby designer with just seven months in design on packing stage. I always have the urge to share my designs to the public and on my social media. I think the reason for this is to get validation from family and friends and also to get clients. I know it is wrong to search for clients at my stage, but the pressure to do so is high. I am always worried that if I do not share my designs, I will not be able to improve and I will not get clients. My question now is, one, how did you deal with these throbbing questions when you were at my stage? Two, is it ideal to share designs on social media at the unpacking stage, or am I meant to keep my designs to myself? I believe I am not stuck to design by mistake. I think it is God's doing. This is why I don't want to have a faulty foundation in my design journey. All right. Um, what's his name again, sorry? Bukumi. Okay. So Bukumi, um, first of all, I'll congratulate you. You are so lucky. 17, you found out what you want to do. Very lucky. I'll congratulate you. You are so lucky. You don't even know how lucky you are right now. Um, and, and you know, you, 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 you seem like an intelligent young man. Whereby um, you, you 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 can acknowledge that you are a baby designer. The problem is a lot of people that are starting off cannot acknowledge that they are baby. You understand? So when you say I'm a baby, that's good. You understand? Um, now this issue of validation. Don't start selling early to get validation. Um, it's understandable. I was like that. I started at 24. You understand? So I was seven years later than you. Um, that's why I'm congratulating you because I was still early, kind of early. Um, yeah, is there that issue of parental validation? We all want our parents to be proud of us. We want those we love to be proud of us. Um, but let your food cook well first. It's hard, but let it cook well first. You see, I went through that stage of I wanted validation, so I was going out and trying to ask for money. I'm going out and trying to apply for awards. My own was even awards, self. I knew money was not a big distraction for me. I, I, I won't lie to you. Money was not a big money has never been a big distraction for me when it comes to selling work. In fact, I hold back on that money thing. You know, it's a back and forth discussion with my wife. But money has never been for me. Is that is that validation from people? So I, I wanted awards. So I was applying for awards, entering in competitions. I wasn't winning any of them. And because I wasn't here ripe, uh, 
what was happening was they didn't take me, not because they were, they were malicious. My work was, I, mean, I, I spent some time thinking about it. I'm like, oh, all this work that I put in, they were not that good. Do you understand? They were not that good. So they didn't take me, not because they didn't like me, because my work was not that good yet. But you see, and I also believe that God was trying to teach me something. So he was trying to teach me to do it, not to prove a point to my parents that I was a successful person and I was, I was, they could be proud of me. Because you know what happened? Every time I tried to get that validation and didn't come, I would become sad. Then that same people that I'm trying to prove validation will have to come and drag me out of my sadness. Then they'll be encouraging me. And don't worry, and you, you know, you win other ones, other ones will come. So you see, I now became more dependent because I was trying to prove. So the same thing when you try to sell early too. Hmm? You might get someone that will buy, but then you won't do a good enough job. Then they will ask for their money back. And then you don't have the money. Then you have to go to those same parents that you want to be validating you. Then they will have to come and rescue you. You understand? Then you get the opposite of validation. That, 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 that shame. That then they will say, you're not really ready for this thing. We've been telling you. Just take your time. When validation would come, it would come easily and endlessly. I told people, my first design award ever, I was just watching the video today, this year, that's where I got my first design award ever. My first design award. It came easily. I didn't compete. I didn't campaign. I didn't submit. They just said, I don't know to that. I didn't even give me anything. I said, Mr. Tola, I came to talk to them. I said, Mr. I want to give you this award for all the work you've done. We want to recognize you for your efforts. And they wrote something so beautiful on the award. When the right time comes, yeah, look, when the right time co comes, the fruit will fall. You see, all this, you don't have to be throwing sticks at fruits. You know, they are time to fall yet. When the right time, when the fruit is ripe, eh, the attachment with, to the tree will weaken and will fall to the ground itself. But when you start throwing sticks, that way you can break somebody's window, wound yourself, wound your friend, and stuff, stuff like that. It's not like getting fruit is bad, but you're doing it at the time that is not right. When the right time, you just put basket down, you just start falling. Just a little wind self. If you fall, it's not hard to gather fruit, but it's out to it's hard to gather fruit out of season. So if, if the fruit you want is validation from your parents, then just stay focused on what you're doing. It depends will come and they're the ones that will call you and just say, and we are so proud of you. We are so proud of you. Your, you, your brothers, your sisters, they are so proud of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? To come at the right time, to drop. You won't, you won't do much. You just show up. Do you understand? So, you need to relax and do your thing. You're 17. You have your whole life ahead of you. Enjoy what you're doing. Still have the grace to follow your passion. Follow it. They might, people might criticize you and stuff like that. You're only making money, you 17. Come on. You'll make the money when time comes. You'll make the money. Keep relax. All these people that are playing football, Kildan and Papi. How old is he? At a point, it was his parents that were keeping money for him now. But now I think he's beginning to keep his own money himself, spend the money that he wants. You see, I know what those football academies try to do. I remember I was reading something about Marcus Rashford. It was the time they were trying to campaign for him to get earn more salary. 
And then the, the Manchester United said, we are not paying him a dime more. Not that they didn't have the money, but they felt like they needed to protect that guy to focus on the most important thing. And he focused. And now, he can ask for money comfortably. You understand? So, they, they realized that this guy is still a teenager. He's playing good football. But we want him to play football because he loves football, not because of how much he wants to get. But the agent wanted to start increasing first. You understand? Because he was thinking of his own money. So, you need to give yourself time. You're still 17, man. You can, you, by the time you're 24, and if, you're, if you stick to this design thing, you'll be doing incredible things. Incredible things. That validation. It will come. It will come before you're 30. Do you understand? But do it for the love of it. Validation is in the background. You understand? Don't, don't, don't focus too much attention on that. The people that will validate you to encourage you, they will be there already. There are some core people that validate you in your, in your, in your early stages. God will send them to you. Those people don't wait for you to be right. They can see from seed stage what you are going to be. Keep those people around you. We, sometimes we joke with those people. Don't, don't ever joke with those people. Those people that see you at seed stage. And they're like, ah, man, go for this thing. You're good. Even though they can't see, but they can see the element. Those people are people that will encourage you. They will continue to increase with time. But remember them. You understand? Remember them. Keep them close. But before you know it, you have general validation. You understand? You have general validation from those people you love and those people you don't know. They will begin to validate you very soon. So I just encourage you to continue on your journey. Don't get distracted. Hope I didn't miss any part of the question there. Um, I don't know if you've addressed this part where he says, is it ideal to share designs on social media at the unpacking stage or am I meant to keep my designs to myself? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've talked about that earlier. This issue is okay, okay to share from day one. You can share from day one. In fact, people love when you share from day one. Some people don't share. You understand? Share from day one. Let people see that you just start. Let them see your... Look, one of the biggest regrets I have, and I still feel regrets, is that I don't have my very first design. It still nags me. It nags me. I'm like, why did I keep that very first design I did? It, uh, but, it wasn't really my fault because there was no social media then. But if I had social media, I would have kept it. And I would have known this is where I started from. Do you know what? The value of that work would have gone up in the sense that it's not valuable because of its beauty. It's valuable because of the story. You understand? And I've got, I didn't have the chance to keep it because I didn't share it. And there was no platform to share. So when you use Facebook and Instagram, they're not just to be sharing. Photos are good because they also help you to share something that you're like, ah, see how I looked. See, there's this challenge of before and after. People were doing it a lot then. I think about two years ago or three years ago. But because they were able to share, you could go back to those old photos. So sometimes you need to share your, your journey. You can share from day one. Marketing is a different thing, you understand? But share from day one, you understand? And then you, you begin to build an audience and a following. And you, you realize that in the end, you don't you need to market that much anymore. Sharing just becomes your, your strategy. All right, next question. All right, we'll take this last one from Mubarak Yakin. 
Mubarak is asking, what courses, tools, books, and resources would you recommend for someone who wants to start his journey into graphic design? Also, how would you advise a newbie graphic designer to learn the skill in order to obtain mastery? Okay, um, what courses, tools, platforms, books um, would I share? Uh, all right, I have a library of resources for my mentoring people. I'll share some of the books that I shared with them, with you guys. I think I've shared them before, but I'll share them on the group again. Um, so take some time. But there's an app called Script. You guys need to invest in Script. Invest in it before you invest in Netflix, DSTV, if you're paying for any of those things. It's a paid app, but I, I would advise, I will advise that you subscribe to it. I would advise that you subscribe to it. It, 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 it changed my life. I subscribed in 2020 and it changed my life. Just two years of using that app where you can listen to audio books. So this list I will send to you, a lot of them are script books. So if you are not on script, hmm, you cannot enjoy these resources I will share with you. You cannot enjoy them. That's just true. But if you subscribe, um, I think they'll give you a couple of days free. I think the first 60 days, I think the first 60 days will be free. So um, you can subscribe on, on script. Um, for script, I'll, I'll I'll leave a subscription link for you guys for those who want to subscribe, and you can just binge on these books going into the new year. They will help you. A lot of them are, are mind books, communication books. Um, so um, you know that will, they will build your communication skills, your intellectual skills, your social skills. Um, I will, uh, there, there are also some design books. So there's a video I have that I will share from Pro Masterclass, the YouTube channel, that would enlighten you about design books that you need. Um, so I will, I will I would also share that with you. I want you to watch that video, note those books. Those books are expensive. But one thing I tell people is, order books of Amazon. If you can order one book every six months, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to start to learn. Just six months, save up for one book. In five years, you'll see how good and big your library will be. You don't need too many books. You just need a few books. And I, I had someone in my in my mentoring community. I told him this. He said, "Ah, books are expensive." Oh. I said, "Just try to order some." Now he has a couple of books. I mean, I'm looking at his library. I'm like, ah, "This guy has this book on design." You understand that kind of thing? So I, I refer people to him. I'm like, "Go and meet Kosi. He has incredible books." Some money just came in and was able to order some books, and he got the books. And there are his books now, and his design has improved. So um, I'll share that video. I'll share the links from Scrib. I'll share the link to subscribe to Scrib to you guys. Take advantage of it. They give you some days free. You understand? But after those days free, subscribe because you want to learn. You want to read books. Um, that will be that will be good for you. Um, the last thing you said. What's the last thing you said? The last question. Sorry. Um, he says, "How would you advise a newbie graphic designer to learn the skill in order?" To obtain mastery. Okay, yeah. So, so how do you? What would I advise a newbie graphic designer to do um, to get to a point of mastery? Mastery is one of those books that I advise you get to. Um, it's by a guy called Robert Greene. Um, first thing, apprenticeship. We don't emphasize on apprenticeship enough. Learn under somebody. 
please. It's too important. Or else you make mistakes on your own that you shouldn't make. So, apprenticeship. Learn under somebody. Find somebody who is good. Offer your service. If they are paying you, good. If they are not paying you, don't worry. They are paying you in knowledge. You understand? Learn the process. Learn how to talk to clients. If it's somebody to, if it's an office you can go to, even better. Because the more, the, is the, the greater the, the, the lesser the proximity, mm, the, the harder it is to get the value you want. But if you can walk into that office and say, I want to learn from you guys, I will come every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You, it, will change, it will change your life. I'm telling you. Tell them, you don't have to pay me. Just if you cannot give me transport, that would be good. You understand? And if you know you can transport yourself, just give yourself six months, a year. Those things are so incredible. In, in those days, eh, in those days when, when artists were artists, you see them, Leonardo da Vinci, when they draw Mona Lisa, why do you think people are still buying that thing hundreds of years later? Because that art is good. People are not doing on that level anymore. Don't, don't fool yourself. They know, they know Illuminati yeah, Jacko. Their true. art is good. Their art is good. I've not even seen Mona Lisa face to face, but what I even see, the detailing is incredible. You understand? But he learned how to draw. He, he did apprenticeship for seven years. Seven years learning under one guy. You understand? So apprenticeship is very important. So learn apprenticeship. You know, apprenticeship is important. It leads you to mastery. You must learn from a master. Mastery is not something you, um, you guess your way into. It's very hard to guess your way into mastery. You must have people you are learning from. People you are learning from. And then you become a master like them. Um, I, was, I was watching something, an interview by Thierry Henry. I'm not a fan of Thierry Henry, but I'm a fan of his football. You understand? He was an incredible player. But he was talking. And they asked him, who are the people that inspired you? He said, Ronaldo. He said, not, not, not this one, not Cristiano Ronaldo. He said, the original Ronaldo. He said he would spend hours, hours watching him play football. And he said, how did this guy not break his leg tackling like that? He said, Ronaldo was God. When he came to football, he spent time watching him. And that's why he played the way he did. Then, if you have Kylian Mbappe, Kylian Mbappe says he watches Henry. You understand? He watch Henry, he watch Ronaldo. And now you see when he play right, plays right now, he plays with speed. You understand? Because that's the style of these people. Henry was, was, was an athlete, was a track athlete playing football. You understand? And that's when Mbappe watched him. And now Mbappe runs like if you can't catch up with him. You see, he learned from him. You understand? So you learn from masters and then you become a master at the end of the day. You can't figure it out. It takes so you can. It takes so long. By that time you are too weak to even apply what you've learned. So yeah, hope that helps you. Um, so that'll be the last question we'll be taking. Number one, because so much time has gone. I don't want this to be too long for people to listen to. Um, but I want to thank you guys. Um, we will try to make out some time again, maybe before the new year. Lucy, to answer the rest of the questions that we have and um, so that we can go into the new year with new questions and stuff like that. Um, but thank you for being patient once again. Um, thanks for, for, for continuing to put up your questions on the group. Um, so yeah, we'll, I'll be ending this session right now. Um, thanks for taking the time. Thanks to my assistant for asking the questions. All right then, um, everyone, 
I wish you a nice week and um, a great evening.